0: Everybody said amen. 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 Well, I am uh, very much so excited about uh, today and about where we want to go today. And we know that we were supposed to stop the relationship series um, on last week, which was Father's Day. We began a message. But as I spoke over with the ministry leadership team, uh, we just simply concluded that uh, I... We thought it would be best that we would extend it one more week, especially that it would be tied also to the grand prize winners of the uh, contest, but to go ahead and finish the message that we began on last week. So before we get started with that, and and I promise you, I think it's really, really worth it because we've gotten good feedback uh, from the message, and I think there's places and definitely a very relevant subject that can be applicable to all of us. Would you agree? Amen. Amen? So what I want to do first, though, with this opportunity is we would like to welcome um, those that might be here with us for the first time or even maybe the second or third time and if you will, we just want to have one more time of fellowship and then we'll get ready to get in the word of God and even thankful that some of us during the summer months are traveling and have different uh, vacations and things like that and so we're just grateful that people are back. I don't know about you, but I'm just so grateful that a young man named Luke Smith is back in Jesus' name. Yeah. Everybody say amen. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. Amen. Uh, a couple of all that know him really well, not only um, his mother, but when he came back in the Ames and and uh, we know we left Javen there, or they left Javen there, and we're not sure when we're going to see Javen again. Um, we hope someday, <laughs> soon, <laughs> amen. But uh, we, we, we do hope to know that. But he's going to be a part of going to Dominic Republic to play with the team of ORU down there. And what a wonderful honor already, amen? amen. Praise God, amen. <clears throat> but they said, uh, man, Luke, you look like you've grown, amen. Praise God. I know he liked that, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, so we're so grateful that the Johnsons are back in the house, and Vanessa, and just all of our people, so we give God praise. Are you ready? Are you ready? Everybody say relationship paths. You're going to be doing quite a bit of speaking uh, till we get to the new part, so I'm going to have you uh, walk through these first few slides by reading out loud, so get your reading voice prepared, if you will, and uh, let's do so. We're going to move through this very, very swiftly. What we are dealing with is the difference between being grumpy and being gracious. Amen. That's just very clear, right? Very clear message. Very relevant. I don't think there's not a single person in here that just say, "Oh no, 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 no that's not me." How many understand? That's a little grumpy, <laughs> right? So we're just going to contrast the difference between what being what grumpy. and being what gracious. gracious. All right. So that's what we're doing. And the way we're doing this is by tying these verses together, and you need last week's message to understand uh, kind of the foundation and the platform of where it's going to go. I think you'll be able to catch on to today alone. But it's these verses that I really want to show illumination and revelation to. All righty? So if you will, Proverbs chapter 4, reading verse 18. Ready, Said read. But the path of the righteous is like a dawning light. That shines more and more Until the perfect day The message Bible says what The ways of right living people Glow, stop, everybody say glow, glow. Turn to your neighbor and say glow. glow Glow with light Let's keep reading The longer they live The brighter they shine Does anybody want that? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 Says this, ready, set, read That is why we are not discouraged. Though outwardly we are wearing out, inwardly we are renewed day by day. Somebody say amen. Amen. Praise God. In the Message Bible, it says it this way. Ready, set, read. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, Not a day goes by without us unfolding grace. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalms 37, verse 25 reads, ready, set, read. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his children begging for bread. I really strongly want to stop right there for just a moment and make sure you understand something. That we've really got to determine that the word of God is truth. The word of God is powerful. And as much as the world wants you to think that it was man made, how many understand it was spirit breathed, man used to pin it. Are you with me? I think we need to. I know it requires faith. I know it requires believing. But in this environment, we believe and we read from the word of God every Sunday because we believe it is the truth. And what we teach our leaders and those that oversee other ministries is this. Even though you might have a good counsel to them or whatever, I always try to strive after leave them with scripture. Amen. And the reason is, is because when you are gone from them, they need to go back to the word Amen. and not to what we say. Amen. You're hearing my heart now, ain't you? Amen. That's good. So with that being said, you've got to see this as a promise, too. So if something's going on in your life that is the opposite of this, you better hold on to it and make it real. Amen. Praise the Lord. He says, I was once young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his children begging bread. Praise the Lord. All right, right. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5. Ready, set, read. They even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. No matter where you are in the body of Christ's church, no matter where you are in your walk with Christ, I don't, it doesn't matter if you accepted Jesus Christ last night or somewhere in the midst of our praise and worship, you made a desire to say, I want to believe in Jesus Christ. I have now wanting to become a follower of him. And you've repented of your sins and you've asked for his forgiveness. And you said, you know what? I'm going to follow Jesus. If that happened in service today, if that has happened last night, last week, you know what? Notice what it says here. Give themselves to the Lord. And then it says, and to who? Us. That's a part of your Christian walk. Amen. A part of your Christian walk is giving yourselves unto the Lord and giving yourselves to the body. That's good, Pastor. And as a result, it says this, just as God wanted them to what? Amen. Just as God wanted them to do. Amen. How many understand it this way? If Christ died for the body, then how many understand Christ would like us to serve the body? It's a good word. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your spoken word. We ask that they would cross paths today and ignite among your people, among those that listen by podcast, and especially every heart and soul that has been made open to you. For Lord, we have areas in our lives, though we are saved, though we are spirit-filled, though we are sanctified, though we... Live godly character Christ believing lives. There are areas in our life that are still looking to be cultivated and conformed into the image of your son, Jesus. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is our topic and our takeaway our topic and our what turn to your neighbor and say this is our topic. topic. Now turn to another neighbor and say "And and take this away. Grumpy old men. Versus growing by grace to be gracefully gracious. It's a good word. It's a powerful word. You say it's personal. It feels personal. I I promise I'm not thinking about anybody at all, even though you might be a professor. I mean, I'm not. (laughs) Just because you're here and you might fit this description doesn't mean I'm necessarily speaking about you no matter what town you live in, even if you live in Madrid. I mean, it doesn't matter. Amen. Praise God. (laughs) But growing by grace to be gracefully gracious. So let's go. This. Let's read real quickly. No, I'm sorry. Let me read this part. You read the next part. Here is the important intentions of the message. It comes from this one statement that Brian Houston said about growing younger. I I think Brian Houston himself is like 67. I think is correct. I might be wrong on that. And here he is, 67, you know, probably the most one of the most well-known, dynamic people in the kingdom of God, shaking the kingdom of God through all of what Hillsong does now over around the whole world. And, and, and you think about how do people continue? How do people in masses of churches um, continue going? You know, like when Bill Bright, who was the head of Crusaders for Christ and the four Spiritual principles, or whatever. I think he died somewhere around 81, 82, or something like that. And he was still thinking of ministries that he wanted to have at 82 and 80. And I'm gonna tell you why. It's because there's something about God that we ought to be growing younger. I'm gonna say that again. We ought to be growing what? We ought to be growing younger. So he talked about instead of growing old, opposing being old. Not that old is wrong and bad, but all those things that people associate with old are not things that we want to associate with. Right? And so it's just because chronologically age increases does not mean you have to become closed, colder and older, downward and shutting down, ill and irritated, bothered and bothersome. Somebody say amen. Amen. When we talk about this, we want to do it in a light humor, exposing what it means to be in grumpiness in our lives. That was last week. No real lightness this week. Because we are young and not old. Then this is for all of us, no matter like an Austin or or nobody like a Sarah or, or, or even a John Rapp. You know what we all listen, we are young and not old. Then we can choose and chart our paths. We should follow today. Because you just don't. old. you just don't end up old and grumpy. I mean, we can sometimes look at a child and say, hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> There might be some grumpiness coming. Are you, are you with me, right? So therefore, we've got an opportunity to choose and chart the path. Everybody with me? We celebrated, honored, and led men who will be fathers last week, attempting to conclude our relationship path series. Today we will. How we father is the relationship path to our children. You know, the scripture says specifically, notice it doesn't say it to the mother, but it does say it to the father, and it says don't exasperate your children. Amen. And one of the ways we can exasperate our children is the example that we lead. Amen. So how many understand you say, well, how do they become angry all the time? Well, they saw anger. Just getting quiet in here. Amen. This message has taken a unique, unexpected turn for me, highlighting and encouraging the Christ life and Jesus joy that older generations lead by grace and being gracious to people. Uh, So when we talk about path, everybody read. Ready, set. We're going to define these real quickly. When we talk about path, it is what? A way of track laid down for walking or made by continual treading. When we talk about relationships, we're talking about what? The way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected. When we talk about being grumpy, great examples, right? Picture speaks for itself, right? Now, you understand, she is cute as can be, but that's quite a face, amen? That's a face. I mean, I mean, understand, I think that that mother works on that hair like that. I don't know how they get that like that, Amen. But grumpy, as cute as he is, he's still a grumpster. Are you with me? And I just don't know what to do with those two men on the bottom. (laughs) Amen. But grumpy is defined as what? Ready, Said. read. Grouchy, bad, ill, short-tempered, crabby, cranky, irritable, disagreeable, and ornery. When we talk about grace, we're talking about that which affords, I'll read it, that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, goodwill, loving kindness, and favor. Everybody say favor. Just to make sure, because we're we'll looking at grace down the altar call, of the merciful kindness by which God, exerting his holy influence upon souls, turns them to Christ, keeps, strengthens, increases them in Christian faith, knowledge, affection, and kindles them to the exercise of Christian virtues. In all that paragraph, this is what that means we become believers saved by grace, we continue by grace. And when we go on into our senior years, it has to be by what? Grace. By grace. So here it says I want this is the part to get is that the spiritual condition of one governed by the power of divine grace is that in essence, you live a graced life, or you are gracious. Grace in? Grace, what? Grace what? In? Grace what? Turn to your neighbor and say, "I am, I am. allowing Jesus." To live through me me. fullness fullness of grace. Very good, very good. So for clarity, let's jump down to graceful. Everybody read, ready, set, read. Having, showing, and or flowing in grace or elegance. Moving, movement in a smooth and attractive way. Polite or kind. To be graceful is to be polite and kind and to move with it, to flow with it. To be gracious means to be what? Ready? Marked by courteous, kind, and pleasant. To be gracious is godly, merciful, and compassionate. Here's the question you ought to make a secret note to yourself about. Are we, meaning you, are we graced and graceful and gracious? Though we often talk about it, believe it, and hunger it. In other words, um, it becomes somewhat dismayed when we are grace people, but we're not gracious. Right? When we are Full recipients, hungering, desiring like a sponge, just absolute basking in grace. Right. I'm grace bathing. <laughs> 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 that, how many said you could be grace bathing, but when you get up, you ought to have some grace on you. <laughs> hey, man, you ought to have a glow of grace about you. Hey, man. Oh, man, you've been in the grace, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, we went on vacation. I got some grace. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Praise Jesus. I told the story. I won't go on with it, but the story simply is this. I saw a portrait. I saw a painting. Um, There wasn't many of its type, but there was an American African descent uh, painting, a picture beautiful of an old man, and underneath the caption says, I once was young. And now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. And that has stayed with me now for some odd years, t- you know, whatever it is, 30, like almost, was it 30? Almost 30 years now. And as a result of that, as a result of that, I on that day, though I wasn't deep spiritually, I said to myself, I wanna be that. I wasn't old and was not even young enough or, or was too young to even think I was young, <laughs> you know? But I said, man, I want to be that. Say, I want to be that. Right. So here we are. Um, We talked about last week. We talked about the father and his two sons. I think, you know, some people preach this really well. Instead of calling it the prodigal son, as if the whole story was about one son. It was really about a father and two sons. Amen. Amen. And so the real story is that the father is the reflection and the representation of God. So in him being God, the two sons, many people preach it different ways, but those sons symbolize many different things or a multiple of things. So what I want to indicate for this particular message is this. The prodigal son, he repents and returns. The prodigal son or the younger son, he does what he and he but the older son stays and is what he stays and he is what? So now let's go further into the message. I went too fast last week on this, but I don't want to do it this week. I want you to catch this because it's really important and especially for those that are intellectuals and or like to do things in a really depth of research. I've kind of done some good study here and I've all consolidated down to being this summary and so I think it's worth it and that is this. I say the study of humankind, that's what the definition is of anthropology. A simple definition of anthropology is the study of humankind. So I say the study of humankind because man in its postmodern society seemed to conclude science and physiological proofs. So in other words, the way the world went about, you know, why are people grumpy, is they turned to things like this. A body's response to the food intake, types, times, or obviously the lack thereof. And I just say that because how many of you know when you don't eat, we're trying to get you something to eat?
1: <laughs>
0: you know what? Y'all got some names over here. Susan said, well, I don't even know how to say. She said hangry. Amen. That's when you hangry. Amen. You know what, you got to be careful with bonics. amen, amen. Just joking. Just joking. <laughs> joke, joke, joke. Okay, but, but here's, here's the deal, right? How many understand that we know, here's the most interesting one. I'll just tell you one of the ones that give you an example. It is shown, and it was dealing with women at the time, but it said it is shown that if you eat high carbo- carbohydrates, for breakfast, so you take that bar or you take, you know, cereal or something like that. When sister over there listening, eyes open over there. Sister Tynes is like serious on this thing. Like, you know what, I'm going to correct him. if he, Okay. Here's the thing. If you, if you take uh, carbohydrates in the morning, early morning, 8 o'clock, it says that it is probably a good potential that you're going to have a crash by 10. In other words, because that spike or something, I don't know all of how that all works out. But anyway, you know, it comes to 10 o'clock and you got reports, due. Listen, I'm telling you, sister, you better eat a banana or some apples at 8 o'clock and put the cereal down. Amen. Because you don't want to end up being angry and jumping on somebody at 10 because you began to decline. Are you with me? Amen. All right. Maybe you do. I'm sorry. The other one is hormonal meaning both in men and women are hormonal in nature. The lowering of our hormones as we grow in age chronologically, the women are found to be gradual. Therefore, you don't notice that very much. But in men, it seems to be drastic. That's why it seems to be a sharp difference in maybe a demeanor of some men. And then it goes on and says it's age-related, dealing with different pressures, dealing with physical um, and their identity, you know, you go into retirement, you know, whatever the case may be. And then last is brain-born or personality. And I think too many times, listen, this is very important, too many times a lot of us want to rely on that, right? We want to go back, well, this is just the way I am. Well, just the way you are can be transformed, right? Right? Am I too much in the sofa and talking too plain today? Or y'all want me to be sophisticated or what, what's going on? Can I get a praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. <laughs> amen. Say ouch or something, amen. So, so I, don't, I just want to get us away from the norm of I can just be this way, right? Now, now let me stop right here. I'm going to get this. The reason we call this title old, grumpy old men is because of this. Catch this. It's because... We can't necessarily, how many understand, the only one that typically doesn't know that they're grumpy is them who's grumpy. (laughs) You know, you are, this is sensitive to you, sister, amen. And so all I'm saying is, at some point, open up your thoughts, open up your heart, and just think, you know, well, what is my demeanor? How do I carry myself? Is it graced? Is it what? All right. Let's look at the word of God. Check this out. The reason I want to contrast grumpy versus gracious is this is because Hebrews chapter six, verse nine says this. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. Somebody say amen. Amen. So there's hope for us, not to mention there's a promise to us that we don't have to subside or, or, or become like that. I thank God for that So how do we grow by grace gradually Here it is This is exactly what I want to communicate With the sense of vigor and victory What Brian Houston has spoken seemingly numerously we who are born again believers by the Father, Jesus Christ followers by faith, Holy Spirit responsive, that something better is meant for us that are growing brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. We are growing younger, not colder, but bolder, not negative, but positive. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Right. Anybody say growing younger. Growing younger. Proverbs 4, approves of it but the path of the righteous say that's us come on Zach say that's us is like the dawn light that shines more and more into the perfect day the message Bible says that the ways of right living people glow say glow. glow with light the longer they live the brighter they shine oh my god I think we ought to look at a couple of people that's in our midst and look at our growing and maturity people and sister Vanessa and aunt Peggy and all of us around us, my God, and Sister Anna and Sister Gwen, my God, I'm telling you, we're glowing. Hallelujah. Say we're glowing. glowing. Come on, we're getting better. better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Lawrence, it's time to get better. Amen. I ain't dread. I was happy when I turned 40. (laughs) I'm 40. I'm doing the same thing about 50. Looking forward to it. Amen. 50. I like to do it like that, too. Yeah, I'm 50. Oh, you don't look it. You don't look it at all. I know. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God.
1: Amen. Amen. Hey, well, that's right. I don't wonder why you get to have swag and I
0: don't get to have swag. I know that. I
1: got swag. Amen.
0: Praise God. Say glowing. Glowing. Hallelujah. <laughs> contrast grumpy and grace. We want to contrast grumpy and grace. What we're about to do is do what? If Pharaoh, and and there's lots of passages, you all, but this this notes are too deep to go through every scripture. So you gotta kind of just follow along, okay? Check this out. If Pharaoh could portray Grumpy, then Moses exemplifies being favored by God. The word grace means what? The word grace means what? So if Pharaoh represents what? Grumpy. Then Moses represents what? Now check this out. Pharaoh aggressively many passages when he came in when Moses would come in and say let my people go all right if you don't this is gonna happen many times Pharaoh aggressively screamed back angrily in conversations with him not only did Pharaoh do that he proved to be oppressive
1: suppressive depressive merciless did not know God stubborn and hard-hearted uncaring to God's desires and people and he
0: was prideful Think about some of the things. I mean, I read these literally out the scriptures when when Moses would go in and say, let the people go, let God's people go so that we can go and worship. He would say that to him and he got so mad. He said, y'all are just lazy. Put more pressure on them. And I don't know about you. We're not living during those times. But how many of you know some of us live in life that feel that way? That just when you know all you want to do is to do good and to live righteously and worship God, that something comes along, an invisible adversary
1: comes against you and then puts more pressure on you, puts more oppression on you, try to lead you down the road of depression. I want you to understand that Pharaoh represents being grumpy.
0: <laughs> oh, God, we understand that it became hard hearted. We understand that, you know, he was uncaring about God's desires. He said, y'all don't want to go worship. Y'all just don't want to work. Isn't that something? (laughs) My God. So here he is grumpy. But listen to this. Moses means drawn out. The name Moses means drawn out. And to be drawn out is who we are. We have been drawn out of this world. Or the ways of this world. We've been drawn out of sin. We've been drawn out of self-limiting habits. We have been drawn out of when we oppose ourselves. Some of us have been drawn out of depression. Some of us have been drawn out of abusive relationships. God gave Moses this name while he was still a child because he was going to use it for the rest of his life. And his name meant drawn out, say drawn out. And drawn out can only take place by grace. So his name got named to him because of the favor. He was named what he was because grace was going to be on his life. Favor was going to be on his life because he was drawn out. Say drawn out. out. Now, I really like this scripture and you're going to see me preach it a lot. I never saw it this way. Powerful, powerful text. Look at what it says here. In Moses means drawn out. And in Second Timothy, chapter one, verse nine, you see these four words, these four different major things. Literally, Nick, look at this. It says this. First Timothy. I'm sorry. Second Timothy, chapter one, verse nine. Who has saved us? They saved us. Saved. And what? Called, Called us Called. with a holy calling, not according to our works, not about us, but according to his own what? Purpose. And which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. I need you to see that all four of these in the same verse revealing why we are saved. You wasn't saved for yourself. Oh, we need to get correct doctrine. We was not saved for ourselves. Look at the scripture for we were say he he who saved us and what? called us if you saved then you are also called there's not look you're not on the damascus road you're on welch you're on lincoln way and on lincoln way you get knocked down and it wasn't a horse that was tradition we don't know where it came from All we know is that the glory of the Lord is speaking to you. Maybe it happened in your shower, but you were saved. And when you were saved, you were also what? (laughs) And then it says for his own what? You have a purpose that is the purpose of God. You have a purpose that is the purpose of God. Get this. It's not your purpose. It's his purpose for you. Oh, we haven't preached like this in a long time. We too often are trying to live on the penthouse because we want it. So we come to God with prayers, put us on the penthouse. That'd be so nice for me to be up there. I like to have a key. Now, it sounds like I'm preaching down. No, I'm not preaching down. I'm preaching God. God called us for his purpose. Are you with me? So therefore, when we know what his purpose is, how many understand you will prosper? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How does it all happen? By his what? Grace. Grace. It's a good word. So this is what's going to happen to Moses. Let's go further. You got to catch this. Moses is above 80 years old when he's speaking to Pharaoh. Right? It's 40 plus 40. 40 years he was growing up in Egypt. 40 years, he then goes to Midian, which is, I'll talk about that in a minute. He goes elsewhere. He leaves Egypt. He stays there 40 years, and then he comes back to Egypt to do what God saved him for, draw him out, what he had been called to do, then what he was, what? For God's purpose, and what he was given the grace to do. Amen? So here he is. He's 80 years old. Now, I don't know about you. Please don't, don't get too loud. But at least it seemed like that's old. Amen. So he has the opportunity to be a grumpy old man. No, he's growing in grace. Watch this. Moses stayed face to face in the presence of God, speaking, communing and in his friendship. God was his friend. God, listen, that's the note you want to take right there. Not hands folded. That's the note you want to take right there. I get the I download right here. It is. How do I grow in grace? How do I become graceful? By meeting with God face to face. In the presence of God. It's not just a nice song. It's in the presence of God that we grow gracious. How do we know that pastor? It's Exodus 34. When Moses came down from the mountain, you're going to love these verses. Look at what it says. Carrying the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face, what? Glow. That his face, what? Glow. I didn't put this in there. I promise I didn't. The definition means to glow. Mm-hmm. And Moses comes down and he is what? Glow. From being in the presence of God. Because he had spoken to the Lord face to face. Face to face is a Hebrew idiom that means in his presence. Right. I'm going to show you one more verse.
1: Oh, wow. I,
0: I'm so sorry. Hold on here. Give me a second. Thank you. This is another verse. Exodus 33, verse 11. Inside the tent of meeting, inside the what? Of so he's going to meet God there. The Lord would speak to Moses. How? Face to face. As a man speaks to his what? God wants to talk to us face to face, just like your friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp, but the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, stayed behind in the tent of meeting. And then we read uh, the other verse that showed that when he came down, he glowed. Now I want to go to the next point, And it's this. Moses walked in humbleness. How do we grow in grace to be gracefully gracious is that we walk in humbleness or humility. We walk in what? Humbleness. Seems like y'all died down with me or not. I, I think this is great teaching. Please stay here. Look, you walk in what? Numbers chapter 12, verse one. I promise you, I'm going to try to really, really treat this. While they were at Hezroth, Miriam and Aaron, his sister and brother, criticized Moses because he had married a Cushite woman. A Cushite, Cushite meaning, uh, the definition means ones with the sunburnt face dark-skinned people, right? So he went to this land where there were dark-skinned people. Cushites was a, was a particular type of people, Hebrew t- I mean, not a Hebrew people, um, a t- different type of people uh, of that nations that had inhabited the world. They said, has the Lord spoken to Moses? Hasn't, the sp- hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Now read verse three. Ready, Said read. Now Moses was more humble than any other person on earth. Read that one more time. Moses was what? than any other person on earth. Now, I want you to catch this scholarly only because of time. I would like to joke about it, but I can't because of time. Listen to this. Man, I don't know why I'm working with this. Moses was the humblest man on earth, but he wrote this. So why and how could this be? Now the joke on this would be this. How are you gonna write you the humblest man on the
1: earth? <laughs> right? How are you gonna be the writer of the Torah?
0: And and, and you yeah, me, I'm gonna let me write this in here. Yep. Moses. <laughs> like he could he didn't say I. Moses. <laughs> was the humblest man on the earth right stay with me excellent profound teaching out of this often overlooked but real life realized prophetic principle what can cause humility in life is regularly softened hearts from humiliation brokenness and when God redeems us by his grace I'm going to say this again. Please hear me. Chris, get into this. Get into this. You were just there a year and a half ago. Come on, bro. Look. He writes, Moses was the humblest man on earth. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We could take that like that's arrogant, or we could take that even lower to say, you know what? This is undebatable because I see what my life is like. How many understand you can't fake being humble? Is that right? So he could write it because it was the truth ascribed by the spirit of God. But what I like to show you is what I believe is a revelation and maybe overlook when you don't put it all together is how do you come to this type of humility? He had this relationship face to face with God and yet he was humble. Let me tell you, I'm gonna walk you through his life in just a short second and let you see what I mean. Moses, the humblest man on earth. How do we grow in grace to be gracefully gracious? Growing by grace to be gracefully gracious. How do we grow in grace to be gracefully gracious? Moses was the humblest man on earth. Why? The paradigm shift perspective is this. You see, saved from the threat of genocide when he was a baby, when they were attempting to kill all those little boys. So he already knows his life
1: was drawn out because he knew he could have been dead. And therefore, he already sees a sense of, oh, my God, my life is
0: special. So from there we go to understand he was favored by
1: God to Pharaoh. Once he goes down the river, he ends up in Pharaoh's daughter's hands. And God was so good that then the sister comes down, takes the little boy back to the mama so he could be nursed by his mom. Grow up and know his ethnicity. Grow up and know the stories of God. Grow up and know who Abraham, Isaac and Jacob was right then and there. But then after 12 years of age, he goes to Pharaoh to get the very best education that the world had known at that time right there in Egypt I'm telling you my friend he goes from being those with the worst peasants all the way to get ready to be the prince where does this humility come from my god
0: he grows up undeservingly royal looking out the king's palace at his people making pricks while he's learning all the world. High education. Say high education. You think you just got to aims on your own. Listen. He could have become king. But he chose. The book of Hebrews chapter 11 says he chose to be with the people of God rather than to be in the pleasures of sin. He chose the chosen people.
1: He chose his people. God's people. In other words... I know they don't have very much. I know I've got it all up here, but I'd rather be with those that don't have very much, which are God's people, than to be with those up in these echelons that seem like they got everything, but they don't care anything about my God. I would rather be with those that have nothing and care about God than those that have everything and care nothing with God. You see, the Bible calls humility lowering of yourself.
0: He lowered himself. You want to talk about humility? Don't pray for humility. Lower yourself. So here it is. Here is he chooses to be with the people of God. He has a soul torn now at the age of 40. His soul is torn. He wants to be a part of his people, but he knows that he's been here in this royal atmosphere. So here he does this. He then now kills the Egyptian who oppresses the Hebrew. He kills him. Something rises up in him. His soul is torn. And whenever you have a civil war inside of you, how many understand, whatever's inside of you is going to end up coming out of you. So if you've got a civil war where you're sometimes grumpy and sometimes gracious, we don't know how you might respond to pressure. But he himself kills, and with death on his hands and heart, he hides his wrong. The book of Proverbs says, he who conceals his sin will not prosper. So he conceals his sin, he conceals it, he hides it, he thinks nobody knows about it. You talk about humbleness, we're talking about the very threshold of humility. When you're hiding things, and you know you've done wrong, and you think nobody else knows you've done wrong, but you know you've done wrong, you have a hard time living with yourself. It causes you to look at people and not be judgmental. It causes you to see
1: people and want to have mercy on them. You see, I don't know about you, but I know about me and I've done some wrongs. I know sometimes you sit there and you can't amen because you've done wrong. And I don't know about people that do everything right. But for me and my house, I've got to humble myself before God that I might receive more and more of his grace.
0: So it says this, he rejected to lead his own. What does that mean? You see, after the murder and he hides him, then he sees two of his own kind. I'm about to get deep for a second. He see two of his own kind fighting each other. Two of his own kind fighting each other. Oh, I know we're all after white police officers and all that kind
1: of stuff. But there's also another subject we can be majorly attacking. And that is black on black crime. (laughs) No, he saw two people in his own ethnicity and he said to himself, oh, my God, look, this is not what it's about. My God, God called us. God saved us. God wants us to be a good people. He wants to lead us out of this oppression. Why are you fighting each other when we need to be fighting the one that's holding us?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. And right here in the midst of it, turns to him and said, look, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? you think you are turn and say who do you, think you are? who do you think you are at this time he doesn't know I'm called to do one thing but I'm hiding something else I'm called to be this but I'm hiding something like that say humility how did he become the humblest man on earth I tell you because look he was rejected to lead his own So he fled and it was brought to light his darkest secret of murdering. And so many times we're not courageous to face our wrong and our darkest secrets. He runs for his life to Midian. Look at this. With the one who raised him put a bounty on him. He was raised in Pharaoh's house and now Pharaoh put a bounty on him. Am I losing people? Listen. Listen. How do you become humble? I tell you how, because humiliation causes you to be humble. I'm going to say it one more time. Humiliation, not having, doing wrong, causes you to be humble. Somebody say amen. Look at this. With the one who raised him. He ends up in a far land, accepted lovingly by an ethnic people different than himself. What happens as a result of this? Don't forget, he's already in a state of humility. When you are a humble person, you don't look for dividers. You look for acceptance. And as a result, what happened? Therefore, his world was opened again. It wasn't about who I am and what I came from. It was about, oh, wow, you accept me. I'll be with you. So he stayed there 40 years and look what happens he marries outside of his own ethnicity and from the biblical dialogue I want to ask this question. Well, you know when he gets called he starts talking about I can't speak I got a slow speech. I got I, st- I, 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 I stutter God. I can't go talk to Pharaoh And I'm not speaking hell of those that might stutter or have those kind of impediments But I tell you this much. When did he start stuttering? When he grew up in the Egyptian college Come on somebody Things begin to set in on the heart and it's gonna come out one way or another. I say to you, humility comes from being humiliated. So here's the next thing, he takes care of a servanthood of sheep though he's having a royal education. Here he was educated in the top of the world and taking care of somebody else's sheep. You wanna know how humbleness comes? Through lowering yourself, through humility. But thanks be to God, that's where you find grace. He had an eternal call, but he was exiled from his people. He escaped for his life in humility. Say humility. humility. We're on to finish this. Moses was the humblest man on earth. Read it out loud. Amplified Bible, James chapter 4, verse 6. I wasn't just talking. is what it says. Ready, Said read. But he gives us more and more grace the power of the Holy Spirit to meet this evil tendency and all others fully. That is why he says God sets himself against the proud and haughty, but he gives grace continually to the lowly, those who are humble enough to receive it. Somebody give God a praise offering for that. Amen. You can stand to your feet. Moses was 80 years of age. Moses stayed in the face of God. Moses was the humblest man on earth. Moses intercedes for God's people in prayer. He entrusted with God's own heritage and house. The Bible says in Hebrews 3 that he was given God. God gave him his own house to be entrusted to him. Moses knew God's ways and character. Psalms 103 verse 7. It says that Israel knew his acts, but God, but Moses knew his ways and character. Moses' moment of grumpiness cost him. But really, God's purposes and plan was about his friend. Because he struck the rock twice. He struck the rock twice. Boom, boom. God told him to speak to the rock, not hit the rock. And he struck the rock twice. And then the water gushed out. And as a result of that
1: grumpy moment, it cost him. Why is that? Because that rock is Jesus. And God said, speak to the rock. Don't strike the rock. Why? Because Jesus only needed to be crucified once. He doesn't need to be crucified again. It doesn't matter if you're a murderer. It doesn't matter if you're a liar. It doesn't matter if you're a cheater. It doesn't matter if you sinned last night. Jesus was crucified that he might take away the sins of the whole world. And he was crucified once. You don't have to suffer sin. You don't have to be crucified. Stop unforgiving yourself and accept the grace of God. He wants to forgive you.
0: Not old and grumpy, but growing grace upon Moses caused him to still have vision. Everybody over the age of 30 say vision. Vision. Everybody under the age of 30 say vision. vision. Vision and strength. Look, you don't want to miss this. Deuteronomy 34, 4 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes. To see it with your own what? but you will not enter the land. So Moses, the servant of the Lord died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. Verse six, the Lord, who? Who, the Lord, who? Say the Lord. The Lord Lord buried him in a valley near Moab. But to this day, no one knows the exact place. Get this, Moses was how old? He was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was stronger than ever. Come on, give God a big praise
1: offering. (laughs) Say, grow in grace. Say, grow in grace. Hallelujah.